Yo, 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 what up? And welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Film Podcast. This is your weekly deep dive into all things movies and entertainment through a colorful perspective. Your favorite minorities are back reporting for duty on a somber start of the week. I'm Kobe Mack. That's Raulito. To his left is his beautiful wife who's also a dope photographer, R. Drizzy Dre, a.k.a. the queen of the podcast, one of the best producers out, the Desiree Nevado. What up, y'all? What's up? What a week. What happened? Yeah. Yo, um, first and foremost, if we can have just a brief moment of silence for a great one, uh, we lost um, a legend in the game of basketball, a legend in life, the way that he led it, uh, Kobe Bryant. Um, he tragically was lost uh, to a helicopter crash uh, just a few days ago this past Sunday, um, and even more tragic, um, the loss of his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna Bryant. Um, so we just take a quick moment of silence just to honor those amongst the other seven individuals that are on uh, that tragic um, helicopter crash. Kobe, we love you. We miss you. We thank you for everything you've done, not only in the game of basketball, in the game of life, but also in the film world that we love and that we have this pod to celebrate. This is a man who uh, just won an Academy Award last year. And if we could take anything away, um, we never know um, when our time is up. And if I can reflect on anything is to be more intentional with my time, reaching out, spending time with my family, never take it from them for granted, because I'll never know when my time is up. Um, so I know that's tough for a lot of folks, and a lot of people are going to have their own different ways to grieve. Um, I ain't care for much as a player. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. He's one of the GOATs. He is one of the GOATs. Undoubtedly. I know people want to give LeBron a lot of love, but I actually put Kobe above LeBron. In the conversation. Yeah, I don't know about all that. I mean, yeah. one, you're a Celtics fan, so I'm surprised you say I, that. I am a Celtics uh, <laughs> fan. You're right. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, I mean, th- th- you know, th- life is bigger than basketball, yeah. and I think that his second act after retiring was, and it's crazy, we've never had a loss like that before, ever. And I think a lot of people didn't understand that. What do you mean? Like, there's, there's a lot of folks that didn't get the magnitude to this loss. Like, some folks are like, I don't get it. But, like, if you really, really think about it, there's never been someone as great and had his hands in as many different things at the height of, like, his, his celebrity to be lost in that way, which is kind of tough to wrap your head around. Like, there's been big deaths that I think, like, the world has kind of felt. But this is something that we've 
never felt and we feel a lot more connected to it because of technology like we all were aware of it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's tough um my heart goes out to vanessa bryant that was a uh, kobe bryant's wife and the rest of their family yo he just had a brand new baby girl know, bro it is tough man it's tough but, uh but yeah 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 it's tough and, you know and um you guys uh Y'all gonna be pretty close to it, huh? Yeah, we're going out to LA here soon. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go down get some get some tacos. Oof, yo, I miss some LA tacos. Down. Now listen, uh, great song choice by the way. But uh, yeah, fun, thank you very much. Fun thank fact you very about much. Uh, the Pottermouth Princess is uh, she hates boys to men. That's not true. She hates boys to men. That's she hates not true. Whoa, 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 whoa. It was I only like like genuinely I almost didn't marry her. Oh my gosh! I listen. I didn't grow up on Boys to Men. First of all, I, my mom never had me listen to it. Whatever. But Raúl sang to me a song one time, and it was so romantic, and I loved it. I had no idea it was a Boys to Men song. I didn't know what Boys to Men sang. The reason why I don't listen to Boys to Men is because I'm not a ballad person. I don't like listening to ballads. I don't like. Christina Aguilera because she has too many runs. I can only listen to some of Beyonce's music. I cannot listen to long notes. It irritates me and I don't like it. It's not to say that their music isn't good. It's just I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. She doesn't love beautiful harmonization. And I don't like acapella groups. I'm just not. Awesome I'm just not lyrics. into that. You don't like acapella groups? No, not really. I don't listen to them. Like in the, when I go into the. Excuse me. When I go into the kitchen to do the dishes or to clean the house or whatever, it's not what I put on. She puts on like like uh, N- uh, NWG. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't think. <laughs> NWA. What, what the hell is NWG? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm tired. NWA. What are you listening to? I'm no, listening to NWG. Who's NWG? What I listen to is music that is played in movies. I have a I have a playlist on Spotify that's called Seattle Rain. It's my go-to. I love that kind of music. Unfortunately, every time I ask, I don't want to say her name because she'll turn on, but she's like the anti-Siri, basically. Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ask her. Alexa's so damn nosy. She's like, huh? She's so nosy, bro. But listen, huh? I always mean? ask her huh? to play Apple Music, and Raul's always using Apple Music, so every single time I tell her to play Apple Music, she plays rap. And I say, play something else. I don't and believe she it. She plays rap. Ask her. Yeah, she ask her. She Alexa, play Apple Music. Ah! 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 Salsa. <laughs> Bachata. Oh, Bachata is different. Alexa, stop. <laughs> she don't listen to me. Alexa, stop. But um. See, she. So. It is always tough to get them to stop. Like that is the hardest. Well, it depends me on the my... volume, yeah. I guess, but me and my Google Home, like we just we we have it out. Like I'm 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 seriously as as simple as this thing is supposed to. So I've got five Google Homes in my house, right? And they never fucking listen, like at all. Like I don't get it. Like, like I have the smart lights, so I've got the Google Smart Light with the Google Home. They're all linked up, but like they don't listen at the time that they're supposed to listen. Yeah. Like I'll talk to my like, hey Google, and it'd be like yeah, what's up? And like my wife, she has uh, Issa Rae as like the Google Home in the bedroom. And then Who? Mariah has like some Issa Rae. Really? Huh. Yeah. 
and like she'll ask her about like the weather and stuff See, like, like that, the and thing, then like, but they never want to listen, and they're always out of sync, and it's annoying. Yeah, the thing is that Google Home is still it's still a baby, it's still uh, in its early stages. So yeah, I guess I really well, not making my life this, simple. This one over here I almost said it. She's uh she's she's more in teenage years, you know. Ah, she's a little temperamental. She's huh? A little temperamental, but uh, but she gets it done. Maybe that's what it is, Des. Maybe she listens to Raul more than she does you because she's well, jealous. Well, mostly I think it's because Raul listens to Apple Music more. And then I'm just like every once in a while when I'm cleaning, we'll tell her to play it. And so I it'll think, play music, no, whatever he's listening to. I think the way you ask her with your attitude, she's like, oh, I'm just going to match music that matches her attitude. Dude, I was but so she hears me. She's just other, like, ooh. She kept playing rap after rap after rap. And I was like, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I asked her to play Coffee House Playlist. She played one song that was like this, <laughs> and then this to... in instrumental, like classical violin, no words whatsoever. <laughs> and then, I, then after that, she kept stopping. And so I asked her to play the playlist again, and it was the same song. The third time that I asked her to play this song, I was like, play the next song instead of asking her to play the playlist again. And she was like, there's only one song on this playlist. <laughs> Yo, Des, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. I would recommend add a little. I mean, there's definitely some there's some stuff inside of uh, Boys and Men's catalog that is not as runny. Um, like I could always go for a Motown Philly, like anytime. Like doom 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 da da doom 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 da da ay 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 da da. I mean, possibly. Possibly. I also man. have a really. What other playlists do I have? Let me tell you. Let me let me give you a a little tour through my music. So we already I talked about. <laughs> I love End of the Road. <laughs> we already talked about uh, Seattle Rain. Although we've come to the end of the road. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you interested? I was. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I have. Um, I listened to '90s club music. Ugh. '90s. Club uh, it's music. called. Um, I think the playlist is called Baby Got Back. Right. <laughs> I love, oh. love that playlist. That's like if I'm feeling spunky. And then I also okay. have a playlist called, next to that one, I have a playlist called Jesus Had a Banjo. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's very contrasting, my moods. What? Yeah, Jesus Had yeah, a Banjo is basically music that's like, it sounds, it's got good messages and it's very mellow, basically. Got you. Yeah. So I want you to add another playlist. Hmm. All right, this is a Kobe recommendation. Listen to Chill Hop on Spotify. I have listened to it. I, that is like that. When, oh. when I just want to like kind of be in a mood, like that's that's it. Chill Hop oh. always says. It's sorry, correction. It's not called Baby Got Back. It's a playlist called Miss New Booty. So if you Ooh. guys are looking for those nineties, I found you, Miss New Booty. Oh. Get it together. Bring it back to me. Okay. Anyways, nineties, two thousands. My husband is an asshole. Um, <laughs> it's the playlist like is taste. called Miss New Booty. I like your taste. I like your taste. No, 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 that's good. Yeah, okay. Not, not, not bad. Not bad. We definitely, we got to switch some things up a little bit, but I, I mean, I'm glad that, you know. What do you mean? I, we got to switch I'm some on, things I'm up. You should go try my Seattle Rain playlist before you knock it. Don't knock you know it. what? Till you, you try it. it. Don't knock it. Till you try it. Don't knock don't, it. But don't knock it. Till you try it. 
I will consider it. I will consider it. And you know what? Y'all can definitely consider giving the show a follow at Pod on Twitter and Instagram and making sure to subscribe to the website for any and all new content at mreportpod.com. Send us an email. We'd love to read those at mreportpodcast at gmail.com. First up on the report, as always, we've got the box office. And yo... Bad Boys for Life repeats again at the number one spot, bringing you $34 million domestically. Yo, its worldwide total is $217.8 million, baby. The important thing is 1917 repeats at the second place. 1917 repeats. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it doesn't repeat because it wasn't second place last week. It was Doolittle that was second oh, place. Oh, was it? It, oh. it was. It, 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 it's okay. The good thing is, is that 1917 did land the number two spot. It brought in 15.9 million, which I got to be honest with you, it's pretty impressive. I, I will say I did not expect the run that this film was going to be on. It's at $203 million globally. It is. I think that's, that's really, really good. Yeah, it is. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, you know, not, not, you know, I get that not, 300 not bad. I, I, don't, I doubt that very greatly. But yo, in the number three spot, you got Doolittle Fall in one spot, made $12.1 million, which I expected a lot more. I thought the drop was going to be a lot bigger with just the negative reception of that film. It's made $92 million globally. It still stands to lose a lot of money. I mean, remember, it cost $175 million before, you know, P&A, but uh, we'll kind of see where it uh, it ends up at. Um, in the number four spot, we've got Breaking Into the Top Ten. Our new release that we'll talk about a little bit later is Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. Brought in $10.6 million yeah, on a budget that I could not find. Yeah, it kind of uh, Globally, it's made $33.9 It's unfortunate. I got to be honest with you. I'm not impressed with 10.6. But it, it, it is a niche. It's a niche film, though. Like I, This is not like a four-quadrant film. So I, I, I shouldn't expect more. I don't know. Maybe I don't see enough of these films like come out enough to kind of get a gauge on... Like how they perform box office lives. Like, if we think of the gentleman, Damn, I don't know. What's the last film that you would equate to the gentleman that's been out or that's made money like the gentleman? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's weird. Like, I'm just I'm I'm looking back at 2019. Like, I guess like Motherless Brooklyn, this kind of like gangster crime. Ugh. I mean, this is more of a comedy as opposed to like the thriller that was Motherless Brooklyn. Motherless Brooklyn made no money. Um. There was the kitchen. That ain't make no money. Ugh. <laughs> um, damn, I don't know. But I, 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 if I had a budget, I would kind of get it. I'm going to look for that. I, I couldn't find it on Box Office Mojo. Yo, if anybody out there knows the budget for the gentleman, I would like to know um, to kind of see. It's, it, it's, yeah, hit us up. Definitely hit us up. Yo, in the number five spot, you still got Jumanji making money. This this thing's a monster. $7.7 million. It's made a total of $737 million worldwide. Can't wait to see what else is going to be coming <laughs> from that franchise. Um, in the top ten, somehow, is in the number six spot is The Turning. Yo, um, I have... I, I don't remember the last time that I've started out a film year with, like... So many shitty movies, like back to back to back. Mm. And I know that January is like the destination for like really abysmal movies that like get moved around. But I'm 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 really flabbergasted like how these films even like came about, right? 
Digression. One, cinema score rarely gets like an F Damn. on a film, right? And we had one for the first time in a while for The Grudge. The Turning is now number two, and it's been in the same month. The Turning received an F cinema score, and it absolutely deserved it. Um, I, you know, uh, shout out to Professor Horror. Um, Ryan wrote up a review that I kindly liked and uh, retweeted. I always give you a like and a retweet. I won't read the review until I watch the movie, right? I, I, I and really, the really only thing that like I couldn't avoid was somebody. I, I actually like, still have hope like, to okay, watch well, the Grudge. It's, it's a horror film. Like, this, it's a role. I, I you haven't seen this movie, that. and you have no intention of seeing this movie, correct? Uh, <laughs> what do you think about this some messed up kids and a messed up house? Oh, you a do? messed up lady and a messed up ghost. <laughs> I don't blame you. What do you think this movie is about? What do you think the turning is about? <laughs> and the kids have an inappropriate relationship. So you're not far off. <laughs> but this is the thing, like, yo, when it comes to like a ghost story, like it should be very simple, right? Now that's actually a part of the novel. So I, 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 it's hard to say. Yeah, no, 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 no. I don't want. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to infer of this group. It's not that yeah. the kids have an inappropriate relationship. These ghosts. But from what I understand, from wait, what I understand, based on a novel? the novel is not uh, a supernatural. It's just what? about, it's, it, it's, it's, they, they, so this the movie, the, from what I, again, okay. this is from what I got. Give me just like a quick, what think, it, uh-huh. maybe a mixture of different people. I talk to a lot of people. Uh, what is the novel about? So the novel is about two kids that have, that it's, it's not obvious, but it's hinted at that they have an inappropriate, like incestuous relationship and they, and they're kind of messed up. This movie decided to take. A supernatural approach to it, from what I can tell from the trailer, what I can infer. But again, I looked up very little into this because this movie looks terrible to me. I was watching horror at five. Yeah, my bar excuses. for horror films is probably low. I haven't seen a bunch <laughs> that have come out because I've got a wife, I got a seven-year-old girl, and that limits the amount of horror films that I can really dedicate my time to. <laughs> no, I mean I was watching horror at five too, but then. As as when I got married to a woman that doesn't like horror, but for some reason just started watching the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, um, she like for, I don't know maybe 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 things are gonna change I don't know but like I know I can't go with her to watch these so I've missed some of like the big ones right like there are some like I still haven't watched a Conjury movie and I know I know I know I'm gonna get shit for it I, I get it I, I I haven't watched a Conjury movie I watched like the 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 the, the stuff that's like on the the rim of the universe right. But, like, this film, all it needed to do was have a decently coherent ghost story with intriguing characters and cool scares. You get the most boring and uninteresting story that I could possibly imagine with characters that are like doorknobs. They're just there. Yeah. I, I, I really like the Stranger Things kid. Finn Wolfhart, right? Yeah. And this fucker's everywhere. I agree. I, and I really I agree, like yeah. this guy. But like for some reason, everything that he does outside of Stranger Things is just like, it, it is so annoying. It's making me not like him. And it's not his fault. It's his agent's fault. <laughs> I don't get yeah. what is going on. Like this kid, every movie that he's in, I just want to punch him in his face. Because his character's always doing like the dumbest shit. Like, why are you do, this yeah. way? Why are you just such a little weirdo? Like, I don't get it. Like, ugh. And it's got another kid. It's got like this kid who like it's just nothing. And it's got Mackenzie Davis, who I like. I like her, right? You know, she was cool in the Terminator movie. Um, what was that movie that she did with Charlize Theron? Um, that one, right? Really cool. Like really, really cool twist, right? 
right? Yo, this, I'm telling you, like, I'm really selling you on this movie. And then this movie, nothing interesting happens. It's got the most conventional, you know, um, uh, uh, scare, what the fuck, you, jump scares you could think of. And they're really shitty. There's a like, lot really, of real really life. Like, and the ghost, ghost story is nonsensical. Like, I, I like a ghost story to have some sense of like a goal. Stories. But I hate it when the fucking ghost has no goals. It just does random shit to do it, right? I don't know, man. Like, are they all cornered by like you know the the Conjuring? Like, is like do they do they just own every ghost story out there that there's nothing else to tell? I don't know. I know that's not true. I saw a book one time that was full of um, uh, ghost stories about old houses. There was at least a hundred. And I get like I understand like the ghosts inhabiting the house, and for some like I I kind of want a logic as to why this entity chooses to be in this house. And why it chooses to haunt whoever they're haunting, and I, and and I hate it when I don't get that. So you don't get any coherency or logic to like what is driving this ghost to do what they do. It's never explained exactly where they came from. This ghost is doing some really inappropriate shit. So maybe that's the stuff that they decide to switch up. Like this ghost raped somebody. Oh. Like, I, I, it, yeah. Oh, bro. Yeah. It goes there. It really, really does. And then they do the shittiest thing in the ending of the film. And I promise you, you're not gonna watch it. It like fades to black and doesn't show you what ultimately scares her and it tries to play it off like it's cool and it is fucking not like it's actually really so you don't actually end up seeing what's happening what no you don't like it cops out completely like in a way that i do not imagine like literally the film takes you at one point where like you're at like the climax and they're trying to escape the film literally stops goes back in time as if the shit never happened and it was all in her head. And then ultimately when it's supposed to have a reveal, so you could be like, oh, and make the connection, the movie fucking ends. Credit begins to roll. What? Like, I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> like, it is, it is, it is, it's inferior. I'm glad the movie was less than 90 minutes. It's, it is a two out of 10. I think I'm being generous with the two, but I will say it's got way better production design than A Fall From Grace. So I'm giving it a two out of 10. <laughs> <sighs> please don't make any more money it costs 14 the thing is you know it sucks is that these films they're so like they're so stock and people will like watch it anyway like it costs 14 million bucks it only made seven but it's still like you know i, I it's gonna it's gonna make some money right it's gonna make some money and that's yeah. uh, really yeah. really annoying but yeah it'll be in the top 10 this week and then probably completely disappear uh, you know big week is coming right but yo opening up um, in the number seven spot, you got Star Wars Episode Nine, brought in five point five million dollars. Uh, you got Little Women um, in the eighth spot, made four point six million. Just Mercy number nine at four million, and rounding out the top ten, you still got Knives Out, brought in another three point five million dollars, and that is this week's box office. Ew. Next up on report, we've got the news. Shama, take it away. Thank you, Kobe. Hi guys. Today on the news. <laughs> nah, if you didn't notice from the intro. No Shama again today. I think we should But listen, listen, listen. Thanks, but thanks for your thanks for your well wishes. Shama got better. And would you like to know where he's at? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's tell the people. Yeah. He's you, very well, he's know, very, people, very grateful. Take a guess. But uh but uh you know, surprise, surprise, he's at Disney. Hey, hey. he had some family coming to town over the weekend. And what they want to do? Go to Disney. And he was like, "Well, uh, I guess I'll go to that." Gosh, they really had to drag him to that thing. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and tweet at him. Give him some some hell. Uh, and he definitely should be back though next time. We're gonna be doing our top ten coming up. But you know what? 
It's not fair. It's not fair because you guys deserve to know what is in the up and up and the, and the happenings in the entertainment world and in the industry and in Hollywood and uh, and beyond. So we're gonna fly through these through these moments through these headlines. Colby's gonna be giving us some great reaction. Desiree, I might chime in. Maybe, but uh, but we're we're just gonna fly through these and uh, yeah, because you deserve to know. First up. Parasite becomes Neon's highest grossing film ever, making $160.8 million worldwide. Very good. Very impressive. Good job, Neon. Good job, Bong Joon-ho. Check. Moving on. Uh, Sony. Sony news for you guys. Uh, Masters of the Universe did get pulled from Sony. Uh, from the schedule, uh, I don't care a whole lot, but uh, Colby definitely does. Uh, Yo, you sad might... day for Noah Centineo, man. Sad, sad day, bro. Uh, sad, sad day for Raul. Uncharted film continues to get delayed. Uh, bro, I'm, this is this is like the new Crow. <sighs> bro, this is so <laughs> infuriating. It's hands down the greatest video game franchise of all time, and they can't. Get a director to stick. You know what, man? It's like I'm, what I'm telling like, you, how, how hard is it to to make a movie about a video game that's like really successful? I don't get it. I don't. I, I, here's what I think: is I'm guessing they want to fall into that same. I'm I, I'm hoping this is it. The directors, it's maybe Sony and maybe even Naughty Dog, really really want to stick to that trope of like we have to have something that 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 pleases the fans of the video game and do something video gamey. Perhaps is what I'm hoping, and the directors are all like, no, that's not going to work, and I don't want to attach my name to that. And I'm hoping so, that this just continues until they say, you know what, let's get a director with a big name that knows what they're doing, and we can give them creative control. That's what I'm hoping. Since Duncan World Jones. War Z2 didn't happen with Fincher, man, it'd be great to see Fincher get it. Get, if, if we get my favorite director <laughs> directing my favorite video game movie? film, oh, come on, bro. He, he wanted to do World War Z2. So, but uh, yeah, that's that. Go ahead and uh, and tweet at Sony at Naughty Dog. We want to see this movie happen. Hashtag Uncharted David Fincher. David Fincher's Uncharted. Check. Moving on. Bambi is the next Disney live action film remake. Um, All I keep thinking is that Michael Scott just no 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 gif like no this is this is not good. What Don't I do at Disney? Yeah. Please. What I, yeah. What I keep thinking is. Who the hell wants to see Bambi's mom get killed in live action? Nobody, nobody <laughs> like wants this. to see this. <laughs> nobody wants to see that, bro. I, I, I wow, quick, yeah. quick, and and keep on. They're doing it in the same, um, in, in in the same technique as they did with Lion King. Oh, are they? I would imagine yes. so. I would imagine so. Uh, yeah. That'd be real fun story, real quick. Uh, I got in a lot, a lot of trouble because first time I saw Bambi, I was like. Five, I was watching it at a at a friend's house with these two friends, and it was both girls. We were watching it in her mom's room, and the mom had a waterbed. That was a thing back then. Um, for kids that don't know, waterbeds were beds of water. Beds filled with water. Yes. All right. So, uh, and 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 when the mom came home, we were all jumping on the bed, and she lost her shit on all these like five and six year olds, three of us. All right, well, that's all. So that's all I think about when I think of Bambi. 
All right, Bambi. <laughs> check. Water beds. Moving on. <laughs> so, uh, Disney drops the fox from Searchlight. And, oh, goodness gracious. I'm going to read that again. Disney drops the fox from Searchlight and 20th Century Film Division. That makes sense to me. Does it not make sense yeah. to others? Are there people complaining? I don't know. I'm not on Twitter that much. Colby, are people complaining about this? Nah, I mean, some people feel like they're disrespecting Fox. But, like, yo, they, if I pay $75 billion or something, I'm going to name it whatever fuck I want to name it. I'm saying that. All right. Uh, there's a study out there that finds lack of inclusion at film festivals. Shocking. <laughs> I, I don't think um, there's much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but what does that mean? Why is this a case? Because I don't I think mean, we just say, well, it's because they don't want to watch okay. black movies. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it's 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 not that. Um, shout out to those that are currently out there in Sundance Film Festival that's entering in its second week right now. Um, and I've been following a lot of folks who like you know created friendships with you know in, on Twitter and stuff like that, and they've expressed kind of like some of the hardships of being an independent um, freelancer, podcaster, film reviewer, movie critic. On your own, when you're not when you're not linked to a big publication, you definitely do feel excluded from a lot of yeah. the inner workings of film festivals. Keep in mind that people that are at these big publications, they don't look like you and me, Raul. Um, there's more folks that look like are they you know, slender? Old, <laughs> they're, they're not slender, <laughs> but they're. I guess there's a term I don't like using the term like old cis white man. I don't get the old cis thing. I I, I need to. I don't I know guess, what that means. I need but... to like. It's it's so Caucasian, it's, uh, uh, thirty five and over. Straight white, yeah, straight white men, that like that that's that that's generally what you find in those positions of access who are linked to these public these big publications, um, and like there's folks that were there was a party for like a particular film like an after party and. Like there were journalists that were saying that there was no party, but then there actually was a party because they were only trying to have folks coming from certain outlets. And it's it, it is it is yeah, it's a good old boy system that needs oh. to die out. I don't know the right way that you change it, but it does need to change because yeah. ultimately the folks that are talking about these films, it's like the same folks that are talking about those films, and then you're not getting the films that need to be watched and talked about, like out to the folks that have an audience that May have the people like a curious like the curiosity they're trying to be satisfied. So it is tough, but it, it's nothing new. Um, okay, needs hash, change and, hashtag minorities at Sundance. Uh, oh, soon, yo, that is the goal. Next that's year, the goal, bro. we will be and, at Sundance, and and, and, uh, and we're gonna crash the shit out these parties. We need oh an invite. Gosh. We show up. I dare somebody to be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you guys aren't gonna be here." The fuck? Okay, I'll follow no, you. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of leads. That, 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 I feel like that's somewhat linked up to me in my mind to, to this next last subject. Uh, and it's, uh, Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan had a, a bit of a controversy. Uh, Colby, can you, it's, I mean, for some people I can see it being definitely, um, uh, yeah. it's definitely a source of conversation. Uh, it's definitely sparked some interest, uh, and some debate. So, uh, first off, let's go ahead and read her tweets. Um, yeah, so this week, this week in Twitter, uh, Carrie Mulligan, who was in a film that I'm really excited for for 2020, uh, Promising Young Woman, um, which looks really, really good. I've heard folks who like their Insta reactions on Twitter. It is divisive. You like what I did there? I like okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, 
one, I've heard the film is a very difficult watch. It's a very tough subject matter when you're dealing with rape. Yeah. Um, and Carrie Mulligan, like what I've heard all in all is that she does a phenomenal job. and She's really, really talented. Um, she was um, asked about her role and stuff like that. And then it kind of segued on over into the Academy Awards. Um, Carrie Mulligan, she was asked about this year's Academy Awards, which once again, they were nominated five men in the best director category. I don't know why we're so hung up on just that category, but okay. Um, despite a banner year for films made by women. And she's quoted in a tweet, I don't think you can watch those films and not think that they deserve recognition. Yo, kudos to you. Great way to answer that, right? I think they need to be seen and watched. I wonder if the system works in terms of getting sent 100 screeners. Maybe you shouldn't be allowed to vote unless you proved you've seen every single one. There should be a test. The films that did get left out are indisputably brilliant. Honestly, out of all the folks that have kind of chimed in on like diversity debate and the Academy Awards, that's probably one of the best that I've heard. Like it's yeah. succinct. She doesn't shit on her contemporaries. Like they're great. Like it is not discounting that the films that like and it, it keeps kind of going back to like the the best director category, right? Those are not bad films, right? No, they're not. I think we we just don't feel that they are inclusionary of a wide field of films that are available but this week on twitter it kind of made the circles that a lot of folks are like well what is the, like should there be a test should you prove that you watched every film i don't know about see here's the thing i don't know about a test but like maybe you can't vote until so like i know that there's a big movement going on where like let's get rid of traditional screeners right the way they're done the way packages get sent out to these people uh, uh, and let's develop uh, the Oscars has developed a pretty solid system from what I've heard. And it's a, uh, an app and they, they send you like a link. link. Yeah. Yeah. It's a link stuff. and you can watch it. Maybe you can't vote until you watch every movie that is on the queue. Um, yeah. and maybe you can't fast forward any of them. So hmm. it, you have to watch it. You have to let it play all the way through. Um, and you can't fast forward. And, you know what I mean? But, like, then again, you could also just play it and walk away, right? So there's no... I, I really don't see there being a perfect way. But I think that w that would be a good move in the right direction. Because right now, it's just like, well, here's all these screeners. And here's where you vote. And that's it. And you can watch ten of them and then just vote. You know what I mean? So it's it's by far a perfect system. Um, I think we could definitely start working. I think it's going to be tough to find. There's not going to be a perfect way to do it, but I think there's definitely ways to start moving in that direction to make it more fair for movies like, oh, I don't know, Blind Spotting. Yeah, um, I I don't understand why anybody would be offended by her statement specifically. Um, her words were chosen very well, and she didn't bash on any of the other films. I think she was just noting that there is room for improvement. Mm. Yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on. Like, I, I think, I love the fact that she very much acknowledged, like, the quality of the films that were nominated. And specifically, it keeps kind of getting brought back to the best category. For one, she worked underneath Martin Scorsese in um, The Great Gatsby. Mm -hmm. So she's not going to shit on him. Like, she's just not. You know, and she recognizes that The Irishman, while I had issues with it, and I think we all did, it's still a great movie. Like, it's not a bad film. It's not a fall from grace. Okay. I think Scorsese, some folks. You know, Scorsese did a direct Great Gatsby, right? He didn't. He didn't direct. No, Baz Luhrmann did. That was Baz Luhrmann. Why am I confusing <laughs> that with 
Yeah, forgive me. Sorry. You're good. Yeah, thank you very much for checking me, bro. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, so like it's what's weird is that there, there's folks that just and it comes like this in like a lot of other debates. Instead of me admitting that there's an issue, I'm gonna get upset that you don't have the exact problem to fix the issue, right? And sure, there's a lot yeah. of other dis- d- debates that I can come up with, but it's like, oh, oh, well, well, then what are you gonna do about? It? No, no, are you gonna acknowledge that there's wrong? Like, we need to admit that the system doesn't work. And I know that there's folks who get sent hundreds of screeners, yeah, and they don't have the time to watch everything. Mm-hmm. Now, interesting enough, this is kind of all happening. Like, you know, when Sundance, you know, what I like about film festivals is that there is a certain time to watch all the content that's there, and there's a defined field on what's there. Unfortunately, when you are talking about the Academy Awards, there's not a defined field of films to watch. Mm. And I think that's what the problem is, right? Is that there's no, hey, there are X amount of films that are to be considered that you must watch in order to say, this is the best of that. And I think that's the part that's frustrating. So because until the field is narrowed, like... If there was one of these things, and it's going to be tough to figure out, like, well, how do you narrow the field? What does it need? Obviously, there's already requirements to what makes a film academy worthy, you know? But there's no defined number. So people just watch whatever they want to watch, and they'll get around to watching it. Me, personally, being an academy of voter is a privilege. I understand that these are industry professionals. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have successful writers and directors and, you know, camera operators and cinematographers and editors. And... They've got work to do. They don't got time to watch movies. But then don't be a voter. Like, if you don't have the time to commit, if you don't want to be a part of the process to celebrate what's the best in show, then just say, you know what, I don't have the time. Instead of just saying, well, I only made time to watch 10 films out of 250, and my vote says that these are the best 10. How the fuck do you know? You don't know. And, And that's the part that sucks. And there's a lot of folks who say, oh, I don't care about the Academy. Yes, we do. We as a collective, we care. Like, it does matter. These films are immortalized. And I'll say this. The best picture nominees, they don't look bad. Do I say that they are emblematic of the entire swath of films from 2019? Not not in its entirety. Like, my number one film isn't in there. But I I, I understand it. But then I tweeted the other day, I bet, I I can bet you if I were to ask a random Oscar voter, how many... Like, did, did you watch Loose? I will guarantee that more than half will say no. And yeah. I've got a problem with that. And then yeah, I said the same thing about Honey Boy. How many random Oscar voters yeah. watch Honey Boy? And I guarantee you more than half will say that I did it. And yeah. that's a problem. That's what needs yeah. to fix. Yep. So until there's a defined field, it doesn't matter to prove if they watched it. There needs to be a defined, like, what to watch. Yeah. Guys, hit us up on your thoughts about that. I feel like uh, I feel like there's a lot to say. I feel like uh, I like what Carrie Mulligan said, and uh, yeah, I love I love to continue the conversation uh, on on Twitter. Next up on the report, we do. Hold on, sorry, we're doing the awards report. Yeah. Okay. Next up on the report, we got the awards report. Go, what you got? Yeah, man, we had the DGA um, give out its winners. It's one of the most prestigious yeah. awards, and there's a lot of correlation for the Oscars, and Sam Mendes took the top prize. Uh, he got his DGA win for 1917. And shout out to the yeah, okay, yeah, go ahead, clap, clap it up, clap it up. Sam Mendes deserves it. Yeah. It's a well directed film. I really appreciate film. Raul. I really appreciate the um, volume of those claps. 
because sometimes Kalen's spike. Oh yeah, my one, my one crazy. Yeah, I try, I try not to go crazy. Okay, good, good, good. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be mindful, but I won't be mindful for this clap. Oh my gosh! Great. Shout out to Alma Harrell, breakthrough, directorial debut for her work on Honey Boy. She took home that prize. I'm really, really happy for her. Yeah, that's great. Yo, yeah, she she was just really, really like excited about her win. Um, and of course, like there's a number. American Factory won for best documentary. Um, Chernobyl um, won for uh, uh, best directed TV series. So I think Watchmen got an award and Barry and stuff like that. Um, and then a few. Uh, I think like a night later, you had the Annies. That's the big animated awards. And Netflix and Klaus killed it. Um, Klaus took home best animated feature, which I love. Klaus is one of my top animated films of this past year, and I'm surprised that it did so well. And there's heavy correlation, like I think like out of six out of the past seven years, whoever won best animated feature at the Annie Awards won the Oscar. Spider Verse last year being one of those, and the fact that there's already two Netflix films that are inside of uh, the uh, the nominees for Oscars, I got to be honest with you, I think there's a possibility that Klaus can end up pulling it out. So that Netflix can win something. Could win something. I mean, it, 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 it'd be interesting. It, I still have Toy Story 4 as my number one animated film of last year. Closely, like right above How to Train Your Dragon and then right above Klaus. It's really, really close. But the fact that Disney votes are split between Frozen 2 and Toy Story 4. Uh, oh, my apologies. No, I don't think for, I don't think Toy Story. No, Frozen 2 did not get nominated um, this past year. So that's actually good. The, Toy Story 4 has a slight edge, but I think Klaus is going to... It may be a problem for it. But yeah, um, you know, that is the awards report for right now. And we've got the the BAFTA Awards uh this weekend. I don't know. Let me see. Should we should we should we do a little uh awards wager? I mean, do I need another belt for the BAFTAs? I mean, I've got the SAG belt, that Critics Choice belt, I've got the uh What's, the Globes the belt. The arrogance belt, <clears throat> the gloating oh, belt. Oh, definitely definitely the arrogance belt and that belt. You know what I'm saying? The, the, wor- the worst beard on the team belt. <laughs> no, I, 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 I do need a trim, but my beard is fabulous. You see how Raul tried to bite off me, right? He cut off his hair, he fold out his beard and stuff like that. The the, the flattery is appreciated. I look better than you when I, when I was uh, pre-bald, and I look better than you post-bald. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Next up on the report, you want to hear about our... Was that nervous laughter? It was, it was. It was never, ever, ever. Next up on the report... It's trailers minus the beard with your boy, Raul. Hey. So, hmm. Tight. So, let's get through these. So, first we got Swallow. Dude, what the actual fuck? What? The actual... So, uh... (laughs) Swallow is <laughs> Let me read the synopsis for y'all. Whew. On the surface, Hunter, who's played by Haley Bennett, appears to have it all. A newly pregnant housewife. Whoa. Nope. That's wrong. You put that in there where? Can you drop this? Can you yeah. remember? Yeah. Thank I, you. We'll have to listen to the whole thing now. Yeah, right. thank you. On the, <laughs> on the surface, Hunter... Haley Bennett appears to have it all. A newly pregnant housewife, she seems content to spend her time 
tending to an immaculate home and doting on her Ken doll husband, Richie, who was played by Austin Stowell. However, as the pressure to meet her controlling in-laws and the husband's rigid expectations mounts, crack, cracks begin to appear in her carefully created facade. Hunter develops a dangerous habit and a dark secret and a dark secret from her past seeps out in the form of a disastrous listen, I don't want to fucking listen. This movie's weird. Alright? Apparently people have a thing for swallowing shit. Alright? Not not actual shit. No, inanimate objects. objects. Yes. Alright? Kobe got Yeah, I love it. This is a real. Um, this is exactly up my alley. You love this is it. This the kind of. Cr- oh, I know. I, I really, really. I love how atmospheric the trailer was. Um, I like these character studies, and this is a character that we've not seen on screen. This affliction that a lot of people suffer um, is quite unique, um, and I, I, I love the way how it was played. And yeah, this, 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 this is the type of film that gets me going. I, I'm all the way here for Swallow. Dude, it's creepy. Right. God, so Colby was watching me watch the trailer. And there's one <laughs> there's one part that she puts the tack in her mouth. And I, and I like, cringed. And he started laughing. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know about this, bro. I will probably go watch it. But this is one of those movies that I feel like I'm going to watch in, like, like through my fingers or like out of the corner of my no, eye. I'm not watching it. This is uh, uh yeah, I uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm hoping that I like the movie more than I like the trailer, but uh I'm I'm not a fan of this. I'm glad you liked it. I don't like it. Uh let us know what you think. Uh no. This was this is uh no. <laughs> Next up Irresistible. It's uh, starring Mackenzie Davis, Rose Byrne, Steve Carell. Uh, it's about a Democrat strategist that helps a retired veteran run for mayor in a small, conservative Midwest town. And it's uh, directed by John Stewart, interestingly enough. What do y'all think? I like it. I mean, I like the actors. I can't, you can't go wrong with Steve Carell or Rose Byrne. Um, I hate the title. Like, I don't yeah. get, like, I don't get it. It's cute. Like, it's a cute, it looks like a cute movie. A cute spring comedy. And there's a couple that are coming out. I wasn't wowed. It's cute. But I cannot stand this title. Like, I really yeah, don't get it. I agree. Um, it makes sense also, besides it being directed by John Stewart, by the way, it's the second film he's directed. Um, it's also written by him. And, and I can see that. The way they talk, the dialogue, the politicalness of it, uh, but like the clever politicalness of it. It sounds like a, it, it. It makes sense to me. Um, it's fun. It's cute. It's uh, I love Rose Byrne. She's she's a, I, I don't know. I really just I really enjoy her and everything she does. And I'm I'm gonna watch this. Uh, I'm excited to see it in ways. It's just I feel like it's just gonna be one of those movies that I'm gonna go just to feel good and just walk out, have a good time, have a couple good laughs. Steve Steve Carell, who's blowing up uh, in a, in a different way than he has in the past. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. It looks good. All right, last up on the trailer report, we got Fast and Furious 9 teaser trailer. This is for a yet plot undisclosed uh, ninth 
<laughs> can I ask you guys a question? Yes. Before we get into this teaser trailer specifically, can you please explain to me the craze and addiction that is the Fast and Furious franchise? Uh, they're fun. Mm-hmm. They're fast. Mm-hmm. They're furious. Yes. Um, how do you guys feel about the plots? They are, I think they're fun. Yeah, and they're fast. <laughs> and they're furious. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we go to see. Mm. They're yeah. kind of like a well-done, action-y soap opera. You know? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what it feels like to me. And they bring all these random actors in, and people die, but not really, and then they come back. It straight then, up sounds like a soap opera. Yeah, and then they had like an evil twin or brother or something, and then the brother ends up being a good guy, and then the police gets involved, and the police ends up becoming a best friend. It was never supposed to be this like sprawling, interconnected, you know, franchise saga of films, but... But, it just worked but too good. It could be. And it, it, I will say, it's happened. What do you mean it's by weird. it worked too good? Like it was good it, or people just loved it? Let me tell you, the first one is good. It's good. It's really good. The first one's really good. The first one's different. The first one yeah. isn't an action movie. I've only seen one. And you guys are going to get mad at me. Every time I tell Tokyo somebody... Drift. Have you only seen Tokyo Drift? Whoa, yes. my, are you serious? Whoa, she's only seen the worst one. So I watched that no one. No wonder. I watched this one and I was just like, I judged. All right, I'm gonna all educate her. <laughs> Listen, people, please don't, 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 don't attack her on Twitter. She <laughs> won't. She Twitter. she won't see it anyway. Don't attack <laughs> her on Instagram. Anyway. I'm gonna introduce her to the to the Fast and Furious franchise. We're gonna watch all of them except for Tokyo Drift because it's okay, straight fine. trash. Fair, but you have to watch Across the Universe with me. After we watch all No, not seven. all of them. You're damn no, right. No, no, no. After we watch movie all... Movie for a movie. No. Movie for a movie. No. Movie for a movie. Not seven you movies for movie a movie. movie for a movie. We're going to watch this, but Colby, what did you think about this teaser? The teaser was good. I think the teaser set up just a, a reintroduction to... It was actually... It was a very like clean slate because you didn't get anything. It was, it was a minute teaser, but it was pretty much Dom with Letty, with Dom's son, who's grabbing a wrench and fixing a car... The only thing I didn't like was the very forced line of, I'm going to give you this chain by Letty, um, and it's going to protect you from what's coming. What's coming? What's coming? What the hell? So, uh, you know, it was cool. So I tweeted out and I posted on an Insta, you know, the Fast and Furious 9 teaser just dropped, and I asked our audience what they thought. Then I also asked, hey, the first full trailer drops on Friday. Before it does, let's play a game of predict the plot. And, you know, um, it's really cool. Some of the folks that interacted... uh, 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 with our posts, uh, one person said, "This is at the film posers." Yo, shout out to them. Decepticons show up seeking revenge <laughs> on all the cars that have been destroyed <laughs> inside only, the Fast actually, and Furious saga. It only makes sense that we would bring in <laughs> only Transformers. Sense. But, yo, do you remember that spec script that I like? I showed you like years ago called Furiously Transformed. No, I remember. The, ser- I, I remember the one where you you wanted to fuse uh, Fast and Furious with Ninja Turtles. 
Yeah, that was a good one too. Yeah, yeah. Furious in a half shell. Um, yeah. If you can't it. tell, <laughs> if you can't tell, I really love trying to blend Fast and Furious with these these other crazy franchises. I think we're at that point because um, I mean this is Fast and Furious Nine, but like yeah, it's really really cool. So we've had that. Um, <laughs> some, uh, um, at movie reviews and twenty Q said, hmm, is it too soon to spoil Bad Boys for Life? And said either that or this, and they just have them like driving a race car in space and pretty much space definitely seems to be like the next place logically Come that everyone's on. going that'd be great um this is from one movie punch there's one possibility genetically engineered evil dominic clone that's the only possible bridge from hobbs and shaw everyone but what about the only possible bridge <laughs> oh man yeah yes yeah. so, they have been to africa yet wait they haven't this they oh. have when when they, they were in dubai at? They were in Dubai, Dick. Dubai, that's in Africa. Du- Dubai is not Africa, sir. Dubai is in the like, Emirates. What is that? <laughs> it's like in the Middle East over there. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. Saudi Arabia. So like, like, Saudi Arabia is over there. We got Saudi Arabia is not in Africa? No. You're thinking of Egypt? Wait. Hey, Google. What continent is uh, Dubai in? Wow. Asia. Ah! Asia. <laughs> you heard Issa Rae? <laughs> Asia. She answers very directly. Uh, she really, really does. Yeah. I mean, it's Issa Rae. Did you expect her? Yeah. Um, oh, wait, wait. This, this is from Bad Pitches. Dom helps baby Brian put t- a team together for a toddler heist. I love that. We should call it Fast Toddlers. Oh, my gosh. That's where they're going to blend uh, 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 Fast and Furious with, uh, what's it called? Super Babies? Remember that movie? The... the Baby geniuses. Yes, baby geniuses. That's it, baby. That's, That's really, really good. That's definitely good. Uh, another person said, uh, this is from Ali D. John Cena is in the movie, but we will never actually see him. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yo, definitely keep getting at us. Uh, predict the plot for what you think is going to be just in this trailer. I think it's going to be wild. Um, I know that John Cena's in it. I don't know if we're going to see him. I don't know if we're going to get the space in this one. We're going to get the space soon. I, I don't know yet. I, I thought they said I, I this was really the last live. one. They did not say this was the last one? No, 10. Number 10 is the last one. Listen. So far. Listen. Uh, I, I just want to know what's coming. Because I don't I, remember yeah. anything coming at the end of 8. Well, Charlie Theron is back in this one. That's all I know. Okay. She's bringing something. Okay. It's coming. I mean, she must. I mean, who's... You, you, know, you know who I think is coming back, bro? Who? I think Han is coming back. Who? Han? Han. Han is, yes, Han is coming back, bro. Oh, because he's the bad guy in uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, in Hobbs and Shaw. That's what I believe. They're going to find a way to get this all together. And I think that Han, that, that Han is going to be like all souped up like uh, like uh, Brig, Brixton was in Hobbs and Shaw. I'm just hoping, so it's, I think that I'm would just be hoping pretty it's cool. nothing like Hobbs and Shaw. I really enjoyed Hobbs and Shaw. You yeah. should. Man, oh man. But yeah. All right. Well, that's it for your trailers today. Guys, hit us up with your thoughts. Next up on the report, we got our review. Kobe. Yeah, yeah, look at that. What man. are we reviewing? From the movies today, right? that are coming soon to the movie that is uh that we just saw. The gentleman. <sighs> Guy Ritchie's latest. Are you a big Guy Ritchie fan? Uh I think that that matters. But that's only that's only because I haven't I haven't really invested time into Guy Ritchie. I came into Guy Ritchie with Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I'm and, sorry. Right. Which I, well, I actually enjoy those. Uh, well, no, Sher- I, Sherlock Holmes, I don't know why they get shitted on. It's They're not bad films. They're not like, they're bad. Not. They're a lot of fun. I really like the effects that he did. I like I like the that iteration of Sherlock. 
and mm-hmm. you can't go wrong with Rachel McAdams in a movie. No, that's very, very true. I mean, you got mm-hmm. RDJ, you got uh, Mark Strong. Like, it's a solid film. Yeah. I think people just, people were shitting on that film because they've already made up in their mind that they don't like Guy Ritchie and don't like what he represents, which I think is foul. I, I really do. Like, I like let the art stand for itself and try to separate that from the person. I know it's hard for some people to kind of yeah. compartmentalize like that, but like, come on, be mature. Um, but like, Guy Ritchie, he's like the UK version of Quentin Tarantino. Like, he's got this very yes. stylized, yes. distinct aesthetic to his film. Yeah. And you could tell, like, he likes what he likes, and that's what he likes making film on. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with him making those films, or Quentin Tarantino making his films, or Martin Scorsese making his films, or Tyler Perry making his films. There's nothing wrong with that, right? <laughs> no, that last one. <laughs> no, but still, there's like there's nothing wrong with it. It's just I, I do not think that his films for are for everyone. And like with the gentleman one, the film got put it was supposed to come out the end of last year. It got pushed back. So people were scared off by like a January release date. As most people are, they just automatically think, Oh, yeah, this film's gonna be bad, right? I don't think it was bad. I actually think that I fucking loved this movie. I don't think I know that I loved The Gentleman. Like one, the plot is about Mickey Pearson, an American expat who became rich by building a marijuana empire in London. Now, I thought that we've already came to a place globally where like marijuana was just like, I, I, get, I, I didn't think it was a problem anymore. So I was like, ah, oh, this is like a stupid, stupid plot. Like, like, this, where did, where did, yeah. Was this movie like in the 90s? Like I don't get it. Like, well, what's this, going on, this right? level of marijuana production is, well, uh, true. Yes, is, is not yeah, sanctioned it, it, by the government. So yeah. that, that 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 is correct. Yet, yeah, right? Um, but when word gets out that Mickey is uh, looking to cash out of his business, it soon triggers an array of plots and schemes from those who want his fortune. So, Raul, what are your non-spoiler thoughts on the gentleman? Uh, I actually really dug this movie. Um, hey, I, yeah, I walked into it. I, I, you know, it's funny. A lot of people walked out of this movie and requested refunds. Like 10, 15 For minutes real? into the movie. Yeah, no lie. A lot of people, mainly older people. And I think it was uh, because uh, they they say the C word. Can't say it here. You can spell it if you want to. Because the people in the U.S. are just kind of sensitive about silly stuff. But in, the, in, the, in Europe, it's a very common word. They say it a lot. And I think a lot of people, especially older crowds, got offended by hearing... The C word, repeated many times in this movie. I gotta be honest with you. The the biggest thing that I've tried to tone down is my language, right? Have you really? We did not notice. I've tried. Well, no, no, no I've tried. I've tried. When I'm around you, it just comes <laughs> out. It, 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 it's, it's, it's tough. Right? That's true. We're, like, I, we're I bad don't, for each I other. don't like giving so much power to words. Yeah, like, I really don't. Yeah. And honestly, I, I like, and this is just a personal thing, I don't feel a lot of conviction. Yeah. You know? And, and if I did, it'd be a different, but I, I just don't. And I can't explain. I just do not. Um, so I'm surprised that out of all the words that a word like that can bother so many people, you know? Um, like one, this film is like appropriately rated R. Yeah, and you it didn't is. know like what you were getting yourself. I mean, it, it, it sucks. I mean, for those that can't get past it, and the thing is, it's just it's just a very accepted vernacular. Um, you know, in the UK, like I actually have, best... I, have a, I have a manager that he mm-hmm. he's he's from Europe, and he was like, okay, yeah, 
this like we use it like every other word. It's nothing. And he, he kept saying it in the office until <laughs> until, until our gym just turned and looked at him. <laughs> and we're like, and I don't know why in America it's gotten such like this bad rap. I, I don't get know. it. Like, do you know why? It is so weird. Why that word has gotten such a rap? Um, I think it's just if familiarity. I think familiarity, the more you say something, it's like when you're making fun of somebody, like you say something mean about somebody and they ask you, what did you say? So if I say, ah, oh, you're a jerk, and everybody starts laughing and you say, what did you say? And I say, you're a jerk. And you say, what did you say? You're a jerk. And then after a while, it just kind of like fizzles out. All of a sudden, it's not funny anymore. You know, it's just, it's just familiarity. The more you hear it, the more it becomes common, the more... It just becomes okay. Hmm. I mean, how do you explain I, I, the shit I, I, that Trump says that people are okay with? I mean, it's just... It's just it's, <laughs> I will say, the way that they say the C word in this film is glorious. Oh, like, my it, gosh. It, 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 is, it is like... I, I, I want to read the screenplay it's an art. and just like practice it on my own. Like it, it really is. The way that Charlie Hunnam says it, like the yeah. way... It is so good. The, Charlie the, Hunnam the, is... The, the, the way they get... The guy that gets called a, a black C-word. Oh, my gosh. That, that was hilarious. <laughs> He's like, that's racist. But you can't call... No, can't he didn't call, call all black that. people that. He's called, he said, you are one. Yeah. Oh. Yo, Colin Farrell is hilarious. He's so good in this, yeah. Uh, no, keep going. I'm sorry. I, I threw no, no, you're good. No, I just, I, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it definitely... It, it reminds me of a European Quentin Tarantino film. Um, it has very mm-hmm. fun, interesting, cleverly written dialogue... Uh, long runs of dialogue. Um, it, 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 it is very dialogue heavy, and it has great dialogue. Um, there's only one thing that truly, truly bothered me about the film, um, mm-hmm. and that is the Matthew character. Um, Matthew, Matthew is Matthew is the, the first person that's introduced to purchase this empire. Ah, okay. So, yeah, making. so that is Jeremy, that's Jeremy Strong. And, mm-hmm. and I hated every second of him being on the screen. Um, I didn't gotcha. think his dialogue was believable. I don't think anything, anything from his performance was believable to me. Um, and hmm. it, it, any, every time he was on screen and every time he spoke, it just brought me back to like, oh, I'm just watching actors on a screen and this guy's not good at it. Um, and then and he's then definitely a good go actor. Away I and, and, yeah, he, he's a good actor. I, no, I, and I've liked I, him I, in I, other I, things. What's the show that he does on HBO? Uh, um, a Succession. Succession, right? So yeah, he's really, really he's good. Great. I watched two yeah, episodes yeah. of Succession. I love him. Another thing, just he did not. He's not written as strongly. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not um, written as strongly as some of the other characters. Everybody else was so 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 good. Uh, Charlie Hunnam, I love this guy. Um, I, I want to see him in more. Uh, Colin Farrell, you already said, was so funny in this movie. Um, the the rap music video is awesome. Oh my god! <laughs> Give me the toddlers, and I've never. So I don't know what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this and. I'll, Des, I want you to, if you decide to look it up, just be careful. I've never heard of fight porn before. Oh, oh gosh. Is that a thing? Yeah, remember they were talking, that was what they were talking about in the movie. They're like, hey, you're doing up no fight porn, what? Oh, did you look it up? I'm afraid to. <laughs> because like, one, my phone right um, now is I linked saw... to my Google Home, and I don't want my wife to like, yeah. I look up fight porn. And it's she not going to be, it's, I don't think it's going to be sexual at all. It's, no, it's just a lot it of fight. Not well, be. I, I. What? Did you Google it? Anyways, to finish my story, <laughs> I was watching, I've seen a couple of episodes of SVU. I hate SVU. 
it's awful. I can't watch it. Anyways, but one of the episodes I watched was these teenagers who did extreme fighting. Like, hit each other so hard that it's like huge gashes and stuff like that. So I'm sure something like that would come up. Or just the stuff we saw from the music video on Dollars. It's just them going around beating people up. Yeah, or that. And fighting. Uh, I love the fact that they call themselves the toddlers. The toddlers. Like, that was... Like it was so cool. One, I want, I, I, I want to own their tracksuits. I want, I want one for oh, myself. That's really, really dope. I, I just want to own that their, song. I, I really like, like that song. Gym. Oh, yo, that song was fire. Yeah. Like that song was like, re- I, like, like it, it reminded me of a Attack the Block. Yes. Like, I love seeing, I love seeing black Brits. Yeah. Cause like I, I don't I don't like I, I I like seeing that and there's a lot there's a bunch of shows like I think there's Misfits on like Netflix or like either Netflix or Hulu or something like that like I like to see more of that um I I, I find that dynamic like just great like I, I really want to be introduced more to it like but they were all really really good but yo this this was a really good welcome back to like Guy Ritchie and it, and it's not that he wasn't like it's not that he's been gone like he's still been around he just he changed it up like he went from his smaller films that a lot of people like were saying that they love because Matthew Vaughn was yeah. behind the camera. Yeah. And um, he didn't lose it. He just like took more, I mean, he did the Sherlock Holmes and he did Aladdin recently and he did, you know, um, uh, King Arthur. Let me tell you something. I like King Arthur. I thought that was a really cool play. I, on I, I, I like I King Arthur. I, 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 the, yeah. biggest, the biggest issue with, with King Arthur is the last sequence that feels like a bad video game. Yeah, but the rest of the movie oh, yeah, is, that is was good. really bad. Yeah, it was, and the story wasn't great. But I love this kind of like science fiction element to it, and I thought yeah. that was really dope. Like this kind of supernatural element to it more than what I expected. A big thing about Guy Ritchie is people say Guy Ritchie has two sides, and you, and you know from the trailer which side you're gonna get. He has the more commercial side that does mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes, that does Aladdin, and then he has this grungier Brit side that does things like Snatch. And now, yeah. and, and so like you, I got introduced to him in Snatch, with Brad Pitt, and all these okay. other colorful characters. You know, you know, uh, was that Vinny, um, uh, Vinny Jones, stuff like that. Um, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. You know, Rock and Roller. Like that's what I got introduced to at a young age, yeah. and like I just like really gravitated toward it. I, I like that his films are like with this one. It's very much like it's it's stylized it's kinetic it's profane and, and like and that that appealed to me especially at that age and it, this is a throwback to it this is this is very much like tongue planted firmly in the cheek comedic crime thriller like it's it's new for him and to us but it feels like it's new but it's also what you remember from him, but it still feels fresh because we haven't had it in a while but it's fun i think this film is very meta like the fact that it's it's a movie about Making a movie, which I thought was like really really cool. Um, it's pretty much a long form Lincoln commercial. Like you get Matthew McConaughey in his Lincoln commercials, and it's set around this kind of gangster flick. And it's funny. Like this film is really really funny. Play a game with me, Raymond. Yeah. Play a game, yo Fletcher. That was such a cool role for him. Oh to my play. gosh. Hugh Grant, he's yo, he's a G. Like literally, he is what Daniel Craig did with Benoit Blanc in Knives Out. Like that yeah. is the character of twenty twenty already. Like he was so good, and it was so different to see Hugh Grant yeah, really play was. a character like that because you just know him from like his rom com days from the nineties, yeah, yeah. and then he's done some like serious stuff, and he's had some run ins with the law. Like he's been around for a while, but seeing him switch it up, and he was so committed. Like he's this kind of dirty PI and he's got like this scheme and I will say this the plot is simple 
but convoluted at the same time. Like very specific things have to happen in order to make it work. And you can kind of see them coming from a mile away. Like like what you said about Jeremy Strong's character, Matthew, right? The yeah. kind of effeminate, you know, guy who's going to make the purchase of um, Mickey's, like, you know, deal and stuff like that. Like, I, you kind of get the idea of, like, what his angle is. I don't think it, – it didn't really play as much of a mystery to me. Yeah, like, I agree. You know? I agree. Um, like, because Henry Golding, who plays this, um, ma- like, I guess, like, the Chinese mafia or whatever – he, he was too cartoonish yeah. to actually be like the bad guy, and and, and I guess oh, we'll, we'll I kind him. of get to spoiler. No, no, he was good. I just never bought that he was like the, the mastermind. Villain. Sure, you know he wasn't right. And no, I, but I guess, he was. You know, let's he was go. more of like a, a villain in like an out of control way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, he definitely was. And and at this point, you know, we've kind of given our sentiments without spoiling really anything of the film if you haven't seen the gentleman yet i think we you know we all recommend it it's a it's a really really good film go out watch it it definitely deserves your support but from here on out we're going to spoil the film that's it henry golding was good he 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 wasn't written as great as maybe a lot of the other characters were you feel me yeah Um, dre saw this too yeah i did i did i saw it um i feel like my take is going to be a little lackluster I thought it was entertaining, and I thought the characters um, were good and well thought out. It's just, I don't think the story showed us enough in certain characters, certain main characters' lives to make me care. Um, I didn't really care. I didn't really care who died. I didn't really care who was going to win. But, you you know, the reason why you bring in... um, the reason why you show backstory and the reason why you bring in like love interests and stuff is to make the audience care and root for somebody. And I felt like that film, this film fell short in that aspect. But as, as far as everything else goes, it was very good. I can agree with that, actually. Um, it, it, uh, I didn't care. I, the only thing I cared about was Charlie Hunnam's character. And then Colin Farrell's character, and but I think that's mainly because I just love their characters. Um, but like, as far as like emotionally caring for like the life of Mickey, Matthew McConaughey's character, they didn't do a good job, you know. And it's and it's tough because like you could have done that so easily in thirty seconds. Like we have that flashback to when he's a teenager. You could have showed him being kind to somebody. You know, we established that he loves his uh, his wife. We could have showed him being kind to a girl, you know, treating somebody or, maybe or, or defending her from another yeah, guy. What I think should have been good is to kind of um, establish his um, standards because he's okay with dealing one kind of drug. Yeah, I love that But he that has scene. a standard oh. against a certain, like, other drugs that, like, destroy, like, destroy lives. Yeah. And, and I feel like if you showed, if you would have shown yeah. somebody in the beginning of his life and, like, where that seed was planted, you would have really cared about him and you would have been, like, yeah. you would have been rooting for him to sell weed. Yeah, man. Come on. Sell that weed. Yeah. You're a good guy. And, you know? And you're but, right. You're right. Yeah, he, he, he says that, but it's only in, like, quick dialogue. And the film moves so quick, so, so you miss quick, a lot yeah. of this stuff. Yeah, but that's my point. You could have done that in five minutes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, really in established that montage. This. In the montage. In the montage. Yeah, you could have established mm-hmm. this uh, really well. Um, yeah, another thing is give us to give us a little bit of information of this in the past. And maybe you introduce another character. Maybe he's a father. 
and you show him being a good father. That's another option in which you now, he's a good father. Oh, we immediately connect with that. You can show him being a good kid, like dog owner, and it would have made us care more about him. Well, I, I think I think what what does make it hard to gravitate toward is that this guy is leading a life where he looks like it's pretty. He's pretty much got it made, and even mm-hmm. the you know the narration of a film that comes from Fletcher as he's setting the scene, he's like, "So I'm going to tell you a story about this this really well you know groomed man," and it's 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 fucking Matthew McConaughey, right? All right, all right, all right, like. The guy looks like a dreamboat. He's got a smoking hot wife. He's a bajillionaire. Why does he need to get out the game, right? And if we would have saw some type of moral issue of like why, like, oh, he has a kid. Like that, that just him having a child, like what you guys said, that changes it. I now look at life through a different lens, right? But as far as we know, from what we're presented, there's no conflict that he's had with anybody else. Nah. Every, everybody's played by the same rules. So, like, what would be the need to get out just to get out? So that, that was hard for you to kind of emotionally invest into him wanting to leave. And ultimately, this story, it's kind of like a, a day in the life story because we, we chronicle over the span of, like, you know, uh, a few days. He as, does tell you why he wants to get out. I guess, I, damn, I saw the movie twice. Tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah, he, he, t- he, yeah. he tells the Matthew character. Uh-huh. That because he asked the same question, he says uh, that in the next ten years, the way he had predicted is weed industry is moving in a direction where it's probably going to be legalized, and yeah. this farm could have like it, it could become a still a money making operation when the government can't produce enough weed for the for the uh, uh, demand. And so they're going to be able to get into that market to help the government and still make a boatload oh, of money right. so it's at not, a higher so, price okay, range. Yes. But he, he says, does, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he said, he's, yes, he, he said he's had too much blood on his hands and he has a record. And so they won't accept him. He need that he needs a clean face. So, so this is my thing, right? And and having watched so many crime stories, you just put somebody's face on it. You still control it. Like that's sure. how the, that's how yeah. the world works. Like I mean, that's essentially like. That's how the presidency works, right? Like, it's not the president who controls the government. He's the face. Everybody else controls it, right? So that that is a weak goal to say, hey, I don't have the face to still operate this in 10 years, so I need to get out and take far less than what the potential that of this cash cow does. No, you just put a different face there. Like, that's very but you also, easy. But you also, have, you also have the potential of, like, it not buying and then the price of it decreasing because now nobody wants to invest with this stuff. I, mean, I understand him taking yeah, the same it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely, it's it's a little weak. That, that, but still, it would have been better to find a moral dilemma that he was having why he wanted to change his life, right? Um, the same thing like in the Power series that's on, that, that's on um, Stars, right? There's a guy that who is a drug kingpin, but he's having an emotional dilemma because the woman that he loves is a federal prosecutor and would reject this part of his life. So that's the reason why he wants to get out the game. That is a good conviction to have to want to change your life just to say i don't have the face for it for when it becomes legal in 10 years yeah so i mean and, and that's the reason why my score is a little bit lower and because like one matthew mcconaughey while he was great as mickey he's like second third or fourth rung yo give me fletcher played by hugh grant first give me coach played by colin farrell the, we get introduced to this guy who slaps up these kids inside of a deli it is so funny what's that fucking smell is that is that weed man 
and it, it like I, I know folks who 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 are from there, man. It is so it is so great. I love that accent. I cannot wait to go back out to London. Like it is just great. And like Colin Farrell, he's just having so much fun as coach. And the the fact the way he gets kind of rung in through all these different folks, it is it's hilarious. I hate he that he's super introduced funny. so late though. I mean, yeah, but then, but you understand who he is, and, and that's a penchant of the Guy Ritchie films. You just keep getting introduced to all these different characters, and then how they ultimately intersect. I mean, one, he had no like he was not to be a part of the story, but kind of got roped in because his stupid, you know, uh, boxing kids pulled off a heist and they weren't supposed to. They did it in the wrong way, right? Um, so he had to kind of come in and clean up. And like the scenes with him in like, oh my god, he, this guy, this guy, see, he, the timing of the script is really, really good with him. And then the performance, the guy with the pig in the back of the truck, like, it, it, shit is funny, bro. And the, come on, the, the toddler's video, I want to, you know what? That's the song that I wanted to play at the beginning of this podcast. And I couldn't find it. <laughs> that's what I was trying to look for. Uh, no, no, that's what I was thinking about until we had, um, you know, the, the Kobe tribute. But, yo, that song is that song is fire. It's really, that really good. Is fire, like, I, yeah. It is really, really good. But um, a lot of folks were having issues with the film because of the way how it portrays women. And a lot of the insensitive, like, it, it is very misogynistic. It's sexist. It is racist. Um, this is not a four-quadrant film. This film is not for everybody. I would never label it to be that what way. Is this, is um, wait, what? Sexist what? and racist? What movie are you talking about? This movie. It's sexist and racist. Yeah. What, what movie? It's very stereotypes. It's, it's very the movie about I the stereotypes. Saw? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot explain, of folks that really hated it. Can you explain concretely, not with feelings, with concrete examples from the film... No, no. Why this is sexist or racist? Well, one, it's playing to stereotypes of a lot of like. You no, know, don't just say just... okay. You were explaining. Okay, good. Yeah. So I mean, he, the way when he was referencing the Asian characters um, from what was it? What is it? Lord Dragon or something like that. Lord George or something like that. Lord George. Or something um, like that. Obviously, um, Henry Golding's character. The different references that we're making to him um, when he came to visit him and, um, at the. Uh, I'm sorry, is being called a dragon insulting? Please call me a dragon. How is that insulting at all? Because you're referring to the like, because a dragon is like an ethnic colloquialism of like Asian people. But how is that offensive? To, I mean, to Asian you, people, it no, is. That's a symbol. That's a symbol of their country. In in the beginning stages, in the beginning stages, it is a symbol for China. Listen, in the beginning stages. No, the fuck, it is not. You guys are doing the thing where you don't let me talk. In the beginning. No, no, I know, but he the, also, but he, he he just said something that's like in it is, I mean, in the beginning stages of when they were doing characters of black men, there was a lot of references to monkeys. That is a that's offensive because they are pulling characteristics from an animal and giving it to a human to exaggerate and make fun of. Saying somebody is a dragon, you're not you're not trying to say they have a long tail yeah. or they have whiskers. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different thing. When you refer to someone as a Chinaman, you are like only referring to them because of their race. But some, that, that's what these when characters are doing. These characters are grungy I understand. and dirty. I understand. But for a lot China of man? people, when did he they say, say they say it a ton. Of, they say they say it a ton of times. I don't like, remember any saying, instance when they say that. Okay, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I know, but I need an instance I, where we he can't that. remember specifically. Yeah, but but it happens throughout, and a lot of the folks. Come on, I don't have. Okay, an issue fine. With because let's, I, I, let's uh, we can't argue. The, I can't argue the racist thing. I, fine. It's not an let's, argument. No, no, let's no. talk about the women thing. Where is the sexist? 
I'm not saying it's sexist. There are folks that are saying that it's sexist. One, they feel like the way that the character Michelle Docker is written, she has no agency. She's not given anything to do outside of just being his wife. It, that it's a demeaning What? She owns role. a whole car place. What are you talking about? That's what I'm saying. About. She owns a car dealer yeah, that's just, only run by women. Just Google, just Google and she sexism has women inside in a of the gentleman. That she is giving them champagne and then they owe, they owe like $500,000 and she's like, oh... It's on me this time. I'm pretty sure she's doing good. Also, look it up. Chinese dragons are powerful and benevolent symbols in Chinese culture with supposed control over watery phenomena such as summoning rain during a drought. Dragons are everywhere in China in legends, festival, astrology, art, names, and idiots. I understand. I understand. Okay. Right? There's I, I, nothing I, 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 wrong with it. Is that to you? Period. To you, these are Period. like these are the folks, right? And are you offended right, so by this? this? this is, because I already said I'm not fucking offended. Then why I are you said it. arguing I'm it? Not. Why are you I'm arguing not. it? Oh my fucking goodness! <laughs> I said that there are people who are not pleased with this film because okay. they have dismissed. But okay, this, I'm gonna read this it. Okay, person, I Google, I Google, these like, people, I got it, I got it. These people are these, not Raul. These people are not Desiree. These I'm people not are not Colby. So why are you driving it like you care? I I speak. This review is relating to the audience, right? Yes, but so I don't we, speak we are, we are, for We're providing audience. a full color. We're providing a, a full color for why this film does and doesn't work. There are a segment of people. There's a lot of like one. Okay, this is from the Independent in, in the UK. Being an equal opportunity offender doesn't magically excuse racism. You think writer director Guy Ritchie would be aware of this in 2019, and yet. Here we have the gentleman, in which an all-star cast repeat racial slurs under the delusion that it's standard practice for a no-holds-barred comedy about shady men and their even shadier dealings. In truth, Richie's ultra-British gangster films have always walked the thin line between their boys-will-be-boys boys flippancy and plain cruelty. Okay. So, yeah, that's, okay. that's, 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 so what did, did this person who wrote this give any concrete examples of racism in this film? I gotta look through the entire. Yeah, review. it's just it's just so ignorant because like, uh, <laughs> I I don't know in in a lot of Hispanic cultures, they say like if they're like say in, in Mexican cultures that they have great long black flowing hair and and, and you know what I mean they what do they they say oh well no hey, the parents tell the daughters oh you can date anybody if don't marry a black boy. That's part, like, that. that is a big thing. You can ask any Hispanic in their culture. Like, does that, that is that racist? Sure. But if I depict that in the film because that is how they are, that is me depicting in the film because that is how a lot of people, is it racist, is it a racist comment that they made? Sure. Does that mean the film is racist? No, because you're depicting people and how they actually talk. These people are people that deal in the underground of, of reality, right? A, a spectrum in which this person that wrote this review does not live. And that is how they talk. That is how they refer to each other. They don't have respect for each other. Clearly, Matthew McConaughey despises the, the, the guy that he refers to as the dragon because he sells drugs and he deals in human trafficking and he deals in things that and he, he has... And he also got has, to him through his wife. Yeah, and he has... Exactly. And he that's has... Big one. He has no respect for this human being. And so he refers to him, and that's exactly how they would refer he to says, each other. And he doesn't just say a dragon; he says a wise, cunning dragon. I don't know. I just, 
and, no, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. And, I, I, I mean, I know for a fact there are a lot of racist and racially sensitive things that are said. No, you cannot like, say that. We're not going to just say that blanketly without you're saying concrete in, You're saying in, in this movie? Okay, so you, you want concrete. In, so in, in the movie, in the movie, when Fletcher refers to dry eyes, correct? Mm-hmm. He calls them rye rice. Again, which we, was that—that that was a mocking and, manner and, that was made up in the sixties and seventies of when white people used to mock again, Asian voices. It's, it's like he's making fun of his accent, of how he would pronounce dry eyes. Correct. And they uh, would say, "Oh, what is he?" Shama's accent all the time. Yeah. I understand. Yes, we under. But you have to understand the people who are sensitive to these things. That is why they're denoting it. So when okay. you're asking for sensitive, I get it. I get it. I get it. People, then, don't go see this movie. Yes, but what it. But, That's but, all I was fucking I saying. No, no. But what it. But what it means. <laughs> no, no. But what that tells me is like. Stop taking it out on the film that is depicting how people actually talk and communicate in these circles. And so to not depict it, to, to do for him to walk up to Dry Eyes and say, good day, sir. Uh, great to see you today. Like, that's not how they fucking talk to each other. All right? They no, make fun of each other. They talk shit to each other. I think, they disrespect I think each room, other. Like, that's just I how it is. there's room for both. And also, I, I, I can I say one more thing? Yep. There are worst videos on Instagram and YouTube of people in Walmart that say way worse things oh, than correct. anybody in this movie. Yeah. So fix yeah. yourselves before you act like a movie is to blame. Yeah. And, and that's all the point is. Like, you know, ultimately, I try to look at the lens of the film, not only through myself, but then also like understanding how people interpret it. Um, I knew going in what I'm getting from Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie is not like the the wealth of moral compass, right? But I like his style. I enjoy the colorful characters. And me, who I've lived in a lot of these places, I haven't lived them in, you know, lived them in London. And I'm curious to see like, the, you know, the different, you know, relations to it. But like, this is how people talk. So for those that don't understand authenticity and want to say, oh, how easy is it for him to write these characters that just so happen to speak this way? Well, they fucking do. Because I know for a fact, <laughs> a lot not... of the films that I've seen in America, like that's how they speak, you know? But I can get some points. There are folks out there that are so insensitive, they don't allow for the art to come through. They just immediately get offended and then don't see anything else. And at that point, you're not, you're really not enjoying film. Like you're looking at every piece of art as an opportunity to like shit on someone's politics or, you know, try to judge someone's morality. You're not God. Leave that up to him. Yeah. Word. Oh, no, it's, it, yeah. It. I don't think in reality, these overly sensitive people, they, they don't listen to us. They don't. But it is always fun to be able to kind of like just come on, take a chill pill. This is a fun movie, man. It's a fun. This reminds movie, me a yeah. lot. This reminds me a lot of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mixed with Knives Out. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, Knives Out, right. not really. Well, Knives Out because of the colorful characters and the big cast. Oh, where sure. like Once sure, Upon a Time sure. in Hollywood is mainly just the two of them with kind of other pieces coming in. But yeah, man. And honest, I, I would love to see a Fletcher spinoff. Um, I really oh, like I, that I don't care at all, but I like I like the Charlie Hunnam what? character. Yeah, I, uh, there's a lot of folks that like kind of have him lower. I, I thought it was what? good. People shit on for Bro, some reason. I fucking for I love reasons, him. People really dislike Charlie Hunnam, and I don't get it. What? He's so good, bro. Oh my gosh, I want to see him more. I, that scene when he goes to get the girl in the apartment. And oh, like, that was really, really good. It's so good. It's when a, he was trying to be nice to those little hoodlums yes. um, underneath the thing. He's like, I'm going to give you all this money. We're going to count to three. Yeah. Because he, he really just wants to be a nice guy. 
<laughs> he really, really does. Man. I, He's yeah. Good. I, 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 and then he goes, <laughs> he shoes off the kid. <laughs> Come on, it, oh, he did a great job, man. I, re, I yeah, really, man, it was man, really, I dug his character. Really good. Yeah, I really dug his character. Yeah, nah, man. Nah, but you know what? I want to watch it again. I want to read hey, the script. That, that screenplay hey, is fun. Hey, hey, listen, he gave somebody his wagyu beef. Yes. And that yeah, that's nah. big. And he had an awesome table. That table in the back is freaking sweet. Yo, that wagyu from being inside of the fridge. Yeah, that was a little mighty bit. quick. Yeah. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hold on, brother. Bro, bro he, he, he like took it out the freezer the and like five he minutes later. In the new, bro. <laughs> Come on. That'll ruin, that'll ruin your meat, bro. But yo, let's go ahead and get into the uh, report cards for uh, Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. Um, Des, what you got? Oh, man. I didn't pick a number yet. I am going to give this. Pick a number, any number. You see, that's racist. That's racist. <laughs> we just lost 87 people. You, it's just ridiculous. Do you remember, like, what was it? It wasn't even that long ago, like seven years ago, when that woman was making fun of, like, um, Korean nail people and everybody but lost was, their yeah, shit because yeah. it was so funny. And now, like,. Yeah. <laughs> That's like not okay. Yeah, it's different time, man. Um, I'm gonna give this. You gonna pay now? Huh? You gonna pay now? <laughs> I'm gonna give this an eight out of ten. Ah, I love it. Is that too high? Yo, I'm at an eight out of ten too, girl. Okay. <laughs> it's. I feel like it's too high, but I didn't feel like a seven was fair, just because. Yeah, I'm gonna get it. I just went with that feeling. Like when I walked out, I was like, yo, this feels like an eight. Like I had fun. I really, really did. I had a lot of fun. And after watching the turning, I needed it. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm at an eight out of 10. Yo, I love it. (laughs) Yo, the report card for your favorite minorities, but Guy Ritchie's the gentleman, is a unanimous eight out of 10. Can you just imagine that 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 film is gonna be trending up to be like tops of the year for us so far? Whoop! Damn. <laughs> and so far, it's one of the best movies of the decade. That that is very very true. It is one of the best movies of the decade. Uh, it, it, for some reason, our cumulative score is slightly above Bad Boys for Life, but whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for Yo, that. Absolutely. Yo, but last up on the report. It's what we got coming out this week. Raul, what we got? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> slower week at the box office. It's going to be a down week. Uh, we got Girl and Hansel coming out, which... Uh, wait, wait, say that again? Girl and Hansel. Gre- <laughs> Are you eating something? <laughs> Hansel and Gretel. It's harder to say Girl. that. Way. Hansel and it Gretel. Is. I don't know why. I don't know why, but it's harder to say. Hansel and Gretel really yeah, no. just flip them around to put the girl first. Uh, we got a girl and her younger brother unwittingly stumble upon the house of an evil witch in the dark woods. Uh, yeah, it's PG thirteen, which has has gotten a lot of unpopular Ooh, opinions. It is. It is. It, it actually. Oh. Uh-huh, about a month ago, I think maybe two months ago. They released that it was going to be PG thirteen, which a lot of people it just a lot of people that were looking forward to it, it really, really, really like got dropped Yo, it. I gotta say, the trailers cut really, really well, 
Because this doesn't, it does not feel. It when does. I think of PG-13, it does. But that's why a lot of people got disappointed because they were like, "Oh, it's gonna be like." Because the first, especially the first trailer, it feels almost like another Hereditary, right? But like in yeah. in this this uh, fairy tale world. But no, it's it, it, they dropped the PG thirteen. Uh, a lot of teenagers got excited. A lot of adults got <sighs> not excited. Um, so this is that's gonna be like scary stories to tell in the dark. I'm 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 hoping it's better. Um, but th- then again, I'm not. I'm looking forward to this much more than I was the grudge or the turning, but I, I'm not so excited. It it, it it that feel of it just I don't like it. That thing that they do in the trailer where she starts pulling the the hair and they like speed it up mm-hmm. and slow it down and speed it up and slow it down to it looks like where she's like she's like twitching as she's pulling it out. I I, I find that to be a cheap, it's really creepy. I, I but I find it to be a cheap, creepy trick. Like it's been done. Mm. It doesn't do anything new for me. And it's just gross. Honestly, I find it more gross than I find it creepy. So the thing is, knowing that it's PG thirteen, I feel like I don't know what's gonna then creep me or shock me more in the film that I haven't seen already. In the correct. Trailer. I agree. Yeah, I completely agree mm-hmm. with you. So that's why a lot of people are not excited for that. But and I and I know for a fact Desiree can't wait to see that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but another movie that's coming out this week is uh, the Rhythm Section. It's a uh, Stephanie Patrick. Which is uh, uh, Blake Lively. Oh, love Blake Lively. Uh, she veers down a path of self-destruction after a tragic plane crash kills her family. When Stephanie discovers it wasn't an accident, she soon embarks on a bloody quest for revenge to punish those responsible. Jude Law. Jude, Jude Law. <laughs> Who was also in Sherlock, Law. by the way. That's correct. Now, I love me some uh, some Jude Law. Yo, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm ready for Blake Lively's turn at the uh, at Taken. So uh, this should be good. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what this is. Uh, <laughs> I'm really hoping it's good. I'm excited. Um, I, I This is one where I also don't like the title. Maybe the movie's going to do something else for the title for me. But I don't think the t- I, I don't think most people that read the title know what it's about. Uh, oh, I can just imagine the seniors being like, I thought this was about the day band. What's going on? Yes, exactly. No, and, 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 <laughs> I, and I feel like a lot of minorities are going to be like, what? I thought this was going to be like Drumline. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, shut up, you motherfucker. <laughs> no, for real, though. You know I'm right. Because the first time I saw the trailer, I immediately pictured Nick Cannon with his drums wow. forming a cross. Come on, bro. Which wow. I love. Hey, don't get me wrong. I love me some Drumline. Uh, some some Nick Cannon pursing his lips while he plays he plays <laughs> percussions, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I when then I saw the trailer for the Rhythm Section, I was like, "What is this? Like, this is not what I expected. I don't know why it's called nah. this. I'm sure we'll find yeah. out. Maybe it says in the trailer, but I, I really wasn't. I didn't catch it. Uh, but I, yeah, like you said, I'm excited to see Blake. I love seeing Blake Lively. I love her work. I love what she does. Um, I love like her, her her contributions. I love seeing Jude Law. Sterling K. Brown is in this. Who killed it this last year? Um, yeah. I, I I'm excited to see. I'm I'm excited to see her kicking some ass. And hopefully it's better than the trash we saw in last year with Atomic Blonde and Peppermint. <laughs> like hopefully we get a good. Damn, I missed I missed Peppermint. That's I missed. That uh, hopefully it's a did. good female led action film. Like I, I, that's what I want to see. That I want to see. You didn't, you didn't like Anna? No, God, Anna was terrible. That's another one that was, was terrible. terrible. It, was, it was okay. But it was okay. the Anna or Hannah? Anna. Hannah's a different one. Anna. What's Anna? Well, I mean, Anna is one that came out last year. It, it, it's, I'll show it. It's not good. But um, this one, I'm, I, I want to see 
the female John Wick. I know there's going to be more that was, that was Anna, bro. Huh? <laughs> that was Anna. But it wasn't good. I liked it. No, it wasn't bad. Was it wasn't bad. Um, but that's what I want from this. I want this to be a cross between Taken and, and John Wick. And John Wick. Hmm. We'll, take, we'll definitely take a look and see if it uh, if it veers that route. But, yo, that's uh, yeah, I guess that wraps up what we got opening up this week. Yo, coming soon from your favorite minorities, we are finally going to get around to our 2019 film ranks and award Shama, his championship belt for kicking my butt last year watching the most movies. However, with as much as Shama has been at Disney World, I think I have a pretty strong lead starting out. <laughs> so, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and throw the vote out there. I'm going to let the people vote. I believe that I should also get an award. I should get, what? I should get the award for best... At avoiding shitty movies. Ah, yeah. No award for you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should get an award too. Oh, yeah, what's that? For what? For putting up with you guys. That's probably, that's probably deserved. <laughs> Maybe, possibly. <laughs> possibly. So you got a better chance of, Yo, of getting an award than I do. You know who I do want to give some awards out to? Hey. To all the deserving films and performances of 2019. Yo, we want you guys to get at us, the reporties. Our inaugural Minority Support Film Podcast Award show is coming very soon, and we need some fun categories to celebrate the best of 2019. Uh, we put out some tweets, put out some posts on Instagram, and there's been a lot of interaction. Thank you so much. There's some really, really cool ones out there. There was like a, a best um, um, a prop in a film, um, most badass performance, um, best, fi- best film that had a bad trailer, and then there was a best trailer that had a bad film hey there, there's a lot yeah, yeah there's definitely a lot yo thanks thanks so much for everybody that put it out there we still want it um we're gonna like try to focus on these categories and I, I, I would love to try to get it out before the oscars that's probably gonna be unlikely since the oscars are next weekend mm-hmm. and uh, we got some folks on the couch that are gonna be out in la very soon so I don't want to take too, too much of their time, but yes, please keep it coming with the categories. We'll also, um, probably sometime in February, get to our best of the decade. There's a lot of homework for us. Uh, and, and this, yo, can you believe that January, like, it's almost over, bro. Like, I, I don't understand time. Like, it's almost freaking over. This is nuts. Uh, but yo, you know what else is nuts? Doing the show for you. We love it. Thanks so much for spending time with us. Yo, please make sure to get at us on all the socials. At Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you are liking, subscribing, commenting, and sharing. Leave us a review. Those go a long way. If you want to do us a five-star review, even better. We'll give you a shout-out on the show. Um, if you don't want to leave us a review, send us an email. You can talk shit about us there. That's fine. Um, you can go ahead and follow your boy <laughs> at Kobe Toby on Twitter and Instagram. Shama, when he's not in Disney, he's at Mohammed Shama. You can follow your girl, Drizzy Dre, at Ezra Photo on Instagram. And my boy, Raul Nevado, at the Raul Nevado. And hey, be a part of the show. If you have a report... Let us know. This is yours, Minorities Report. Peace.